Hi everyone and welcome to The Ride Up. I'm your host, Charity Swift. Hi everybody and thank you so much for joining me today. Just go ahead and grab a pen and a paper and maybe a little beverage and sit back and you know, uh, join me for today because I have a lot of information to share with you. I'm going to be giving you um, some ratios on a certain nutrient profiles that you're going to want to pay attention to so that you can be aware of how to balance your horse's diets, as well as give you guys some recommendations on some supplement companies and even a couple... Um, uh, complete feeds on the market that I think are worth taking a look at. One of them that I particularly feed and they, they're more on the what I call the cleaner side of the complete feeds. So, you know, I think that they're really great to take a look at if you're looking for something that's going to be a little more simplified rather than trying to mix a whole bunch of things together. Uh, just be aware that you still will more than likely need to add um, uh, an encompassing overall mineral supplement to these because they tend to be still a little bit low on the nutrient composition profiles. So that'll kind of vary as to where your horse's ages are, their um, work, and you know what it is that you need to address in their diet. So just be aware of that. Now, when you're looking at uh, certain ingredients within your horse's feed, one of them that I really wanted to kind of point out, because this is in a lot of complete feeds, we see it relatively across the board on what you find within our feed stores, and that is molasses. Now, I have recently come across a podcast that I was listening to, and I loved everything that she had to say until she started talking about the molasses within uh, the feed. Now, she worked particularly with a feed manufacturer, so I obviously understand that she's going to be trying to support the reasoning behind adding this into the feed. But one thing that I picked up on was that she actually correlated the molasses to stevia. And I just wanted to actually, you know, I thought this was a great topic to bring up because molasses should not be compared to stevia as far as a sweetener is concerned because they're not within the same sweetening family. Stevia can be fed to horses and that is a non-calorie and non-sugar sweetener that does not disrupt insulin levels within either a human or a horse's system. Now molasses, molasses is actually a, sir, a thick syrupy byproduct of boiling down sugarcane juice made from granulated sugar. So this is directly concentrated from sugarcane. It does have sources of nutrients. Now, keep in mind that most of these feed companies are not actually um, putting that consideration into the values of their nutrient compositions on the labels. Keep that in mind. This has a source of nutrients like iron, calcium, manganese, magnesium, selenium, phosphorus, 
and potassium. It has 62 calories and 16 grams of sugar per tablespoon. And you do know that there is a lot more than just a few tablespoons within a complete bag of complete feed. So keep that in mind, even if it's being touted as a low starch feed and they tell you, oh, well, look at the sugar content on the package. Well, what I want to look at actually is where molasses sits on that ingredient deck, because that will tell you more about um, how much is actually in there. If you can see it and smell it, there's quite a bit. So just be aware of that. Uh, that's definitely one key component within many of these complete feeds that can really have some negative effects on horses, especially those that have metabolic issues, sugar sensitivities, and quite honestly, that is something that you guys really want to eliminate from their diets because you cause an inflammation within their system. So you will have horses develop uh, navicular issues or laminitic issues or founder issues because of these imbalances that in occur and cause the inflammation within their systems. So, you know, those, those are reasons why you really want to, you know, try and eliminate this from their diets. Now, you know, I will even say that there are times where I have to use something like a molasses feed for a horse that for instance, you know, I'm trying to rehab in so many different areas and I have to really mix together um, some supplementations and they're trying, you know, wanting to refuse to eat it. So I may add a small little couple, you know, two cups or so of uh, something that might help sweeten it. But I don't generally need to use a lot if I have to with a particular horse. Um, because I also feed uh, papaya extract and that is a natural sweetener of itself. And then, you know, I have some components that I can add stevia and stuff to as well. So, um, you know, I, I try and steer clear of that. And any of the horses that may have come in that have been fed diets like that, I really try and wean them off of it and get them onto a more um, anti-inflammatory uh, feed structure. So in the elements of your horse's nutrients and ratios, let's kind of dive into that. And where I get my ratios from, in case you guys want to look at this, and I think this is really a great resource to have. And I actually referenced it in the past podcast, uh, speaking on senior feeds being fed to foals and even our senior horses. And that is the NRC, which stands for National Research Council. And this is the 1989 Bible of Equine Nutrition. Now, there pretty much has been no change within the uh, recommendations of ratios and such that it's um, brought forth into, you know, us being able to resource from the book. The one that has changed, and that was in 2007, was the recommendation for lysine, and that was for both old and young horses, and that was uh, increased to 4.3% for lysine. So just, you know, make note of that. 
proper ratios of a horse diet is of course you you want to first and foremost have forage be the baseline of your feed program you want to be feeding one to two percent of their body weight a day and then you will make sure that they have an encompassing um, requirement that includes about 40 nutrients the proper amounts of energy and protein so energy is going to look like the carbohydrates that they get within their diet you're going to have 15 minerals plus chlorine 14 vitamins plus beta carotene you want to have a good fat source and generally what this fat source is going to encompass is a healthy ratio of omega-3s and omega-6s now actually what um, you don't realize is that it's the omega-6s that are going to be slightly higher than the omega-3s um, and many of the recommendations that are out there to increase your omega-3s within the horse's diet is because the um, there's an imbalance there and there's many more omega-6s being fed within you know their feed structures so that's why there's usually a recommendation um, to feed more omega-3s so just know that um, but it's actually omega-6s to omega-3s now there is um, you know not a real definitive ratio to that composition but I do find that anywhere between a 2 to 1 or a 4 to 1 ratio is a really great one to be at and that would, I, I find better ratios and more plant-based ratios being uh, where I like to go with my omega-3 and omega-6 uh, sources for my horses. So I like to feed a chia seed and hemp hearts. And I actually mix those two so that they um, get a better profile because um, the hemp hearts actually have GLA within them and uh, that is extremely beneficial to the horses as well so that's where i like to get their omega sources rather than from um, you know some of these companies that have soy and fish and um, different variations of that you want to make sure of course that they have a clean water source that they at least have four amino acids and these are your limiting amino acids that I mentioned in the previous podcast about senior feeds. The first being lysine, methionine, that you might also hear it called methionine. There's a couple different ways that um, that's pronounced. Tryptophan and threonine. You need to have trace amounts of sulfur. You need to have zinc and copper, vitamin A and vitamin E. So for example, if you're feeding your breeding stallion a legume hay, which more often than not is your alfalfa, at a 15% crude protein, and it makes up 50% of their ration for the day, you wanna choose a low protein grain. Um, and I say grain in quotes because I don't necessarily feed a grain. Um, and you wanna feed that under a 10% protein to balance the high protein that's in the hay. The other uh, aspect to that is you feed a slightly different source. So if they're being fed alfalfa, you'd want to feed something that is more eminent with uh, grass hay. And that helps to balance out those amino acids as well. 
And if on the other hand, you're feeding a grass hay with only 8% crude protein, you can afford to have a higher, in quotes, grain ration and feed something like an alfalfa based type grain ration. So again, we're getting our standard values in the National Research Council 1989 Bible of Equine Nutrition. Now I'm gonna give you guys some key um, nutrient compositions. These are some of your more important ones that you wanna pay attention to because they really are the ones that your horses can uh, develop issues from, whether it's hoof related, um, it can be hypersensitivities and irritabilities, and then also um, physical, as you know, whether it's coat, hair, um, those types of things. So these are the really key nutrients to have balanced within the ratios. So I thought that they'd be really great to speak about today. And oftentimes I've referred to proper ratios, but I haven't actually specified what those are. So I want to definitely give that to you. So we're gonna start with calcium to phosphorus. Now a good ratio is at a one-to-one -one ratio, but your best ratios are gonna be a 1.2 calcium to a one phosphorus or a 1.6 calcium to a one phosphorus. Now you can go up to a 2.5 calcium to a one phosphorus. And honestly, if you are also looking to balance your calcium to magnesium ratio, I would say that you're going to be at a really good ratio to keep your calcium at a two when you're looking at these, so a two to one for the phosphorus. But if you are feeding, let's say, a higher calcium hay, which would be assumably your alfalfa, then you may need to uh, do some balancing. Your calcium to magnesium ratio, your best is gonna be a two to one ratio. And again, if you are feeding that, you may have to add a slight bit of magnesium to their supplement program to help balance that out. Because when you have um, insufficient amounts of magnesium, or likewise insufficient amounts of calcium, you can have uh, irritability, twitching, spasm, and hypersensitivity occur. Um, and likewise, if you have too much phosphorus, this will inhibit your calcium, and too much calcium will inhibit your phosphorus. So just be aware of that. Now four key nutrients that I really wanna call attention to is iron, copper, zinc, and manganese. Now, these are very important to get balanced because they can affect hair coat, they can affect uh, your hoof quality. Many times on uh, these Facebook forums and pages that are uh, geared towards hoof health and issues with hoof, you will oftentimes see referencing of balancing iron, balancing your copper, balancing your zinc, and balancing your manganese, because these are very important for that. Now, uh, for, your, for most of your horses and your metabolically challenged horses, this is how your ratio will look. It's gonna be four parts iron, one part copper, three parts zinc, and four parts manganese. 
And if you even want to break that down even more, because oftentimes you will see just a copper and zinc referenced as far as balancing ratio, your ratio for copper and zinc will be a one copper to three parts zinc. Now, something that I want to point out is that inadequate amounts of copper can cause anemia. And this is often misdiagnosed as iron deficiency because iron requires the copper to metabolize. And oftentimes, a horse that is uh, being diagnosed as anemic actually has an insufficient amount of copper because they they tend to get much more iron within their diets and that will be through their water sources and through their forage and then if you are adding in complete feeds or supplements many of the complete feeds on the market are usually starting at about 30 330 parts per million and i've seen several of the well-known supplement companies out there with their um, essential, you know, full vitamin mineral supplements, there will be at a 330 parts per million with iron. So something that you also have to realize is that horses do not assimilate iron in their systems like people do. So if we get too much iron within our system, we usually just urinate it out and it doesn't necessarily accumulate within our system as it does in a horse. A horse, it tends to build up in their system and does not pass through as readily as it does for a human. So that's something that you have to keep in mind and that's also another reason why I've recommended, for instance, a zeolite within their diets and you know if you have any questions definitely feel free to reach out to me on that um, but uh, this is a key area in which you will see um, a misdiagnosis of an iron deficiency because generally you see excessive amounts of iron within their diets if you do have a horse that is truly iron deficient and that is what the test results have shown to come back then your uh, ratios are going to look a little different so you're going to have 10 parts iron one part copper three parts zinc and three parts manganese so let's kind of get into a little bit about what can happen with these uh, ratio imbalances if we don't correct those and again if you need to just get some of these um, singular nutrients you can get them from u kelly you can get them from horse tech and there's some others out there i also like to use uh, bulksupplements.com i often get many individual uh, nutrients off of their website too what i like about them is there is absolutely no fillers and they're really clean supplements to use and uh, they come in powdered form so they're really easy to use as a top dress and then just lightly water so if you have too much zinc that can interfere with your copper and it causes copper deficiency symptoms as also too much copper can cause the zinc deficiency and it can also interfere with selenium absorption if you have too much sulfur that can prevent your copper absorption 
If you have high iron levels, that also reduces your zinc levels as well as causing the imbalance to the copper. When you have too much phosphorus, that again will inhibit the calcium like we had mentioned, and likewise, the calcium will inhibit the phosphorus. Too much manganese will interfere with phosphorus absorption, and this has also been suggested to cause intestinal mineral competition, which interferes with, interferes with general nutrient absorption. Excessive levels of nutrients have been shown to interfere with selenium absorption. Too little of calcium causes what is called big head disease. And what this is, is a deformity of facial bones that's caused by calcium loss. When you have something that you often will see on horses that people often describe as sun bleaching, you'll see this on you know, many horses that are like brown, dark chestnut, bay, and black. And uh, oftentimes, people will think that this is because of excessive amounts in the sun, and the sun is bleaching the ends of the mane and the ends of the tail, and then often the ends of the hair coat over their body. But actually what this is, is it's a copper and or zinc um, deficiency. And if you address the copper and zinc in their diets, you will see their hair coats and manes and tails improve and you won't have this sun bleaching effect anymore. One thing that I also want to add with, um, in, re in respect of lysine and why it's such an important amino acid is that lysine improves the protein quality of your feed without increasing total amount of protein within the feed. So if you're feeding your young horses, your foals and your junior horses, and we all know that excessive amounts of protein leads to things like epiphysitis and leg issues, but adding that lysine will give you an improvement of protein quality without adding that increased total amount of protein. So you will uh, really steer clear of um, those leg issues, you know, if you're really watching that within their diet. So that's something that I really wanted to point out because I think that's excellent for us to pay attention to in our horse's diets. So uh, let's see, I wanna kind of get into some of the supplement companies. Um, there's a few out there. There's Ukelly, Immubiome, that's spelled I-M-M-U-B-I-O-M-E. They are a great clean company with supplements. Animal Element is one that I absolutely love. I feed a few of their products and I think that they're excellent. You know, these um, companies are non-GMO. They have no fillers, no soy, you know, none of these inflammatory ingredients. Uh, that we need to steer clear of, so they're excellent. Biostar is another one. Horse Tech is great. You can get some of their products. Um, you can have them mix them without the flax added. Uh, same with the Equine Edge. Now, I've mentioned that they make a supplement for me, and I have fantastic results on that. I have them take out the soy and flax in the formula and replace that with chia seed. 
Um, Dr. DePello has some great products. A couple of things that I do want to mention though is that they have rice bran, flax, and vegetable oil in some of them. Um, now, you may ha not have a horse sensitive to either of those, so they can be totally fine to feed. Um, just be aware that, again, flax has high phytoestrogens. It's up to four times higher than soy. And rice bran can uh, increase the insulin spikes in a horse with, uh, within that first hour of feeding up to 25 times higher. So just be aware. As far as complete feeds, I've spoke about Triple Crown Naturals Pellet. That's one that I uh, really find is a good one that's readily available. You still might have a hard time finding it in your area, um, but it's pretty clean. I like that it's non-GMO, there's no molasses, no soy. A couple of the ingredients in there that I just want to point out is it does have oats, wheat middlings, and flax. Now oats are a little bit lower on the ingredient deck, so they're not, um, you know, as high on the list, meaning that they're not as concentrated. Wheat middlings are generally in there, you know, yes, they're a byproduct. Um, they're generally in there as a form of energy and fiber. And then flax, of course, if you are having issues with hormones, that might be something to be aware of and you wouldn't want to feed it to some of your certain horses. Modesto Milling Company, now they are based out of California. They also are accessible on Amazon, so you can have them shipped directly from there if you are an Amazon Prime member. They have... Uh, the ingredients in there to take a little cautionary to is oats, wheat millum, and flax. Uh, again, wheat millum is just a byproduct and it's in there for energy from the carbohydrates and the fiber. The other company that has a pretty good cleaner complete feed formula is Crypto Arrow. Now they are starting to dive more into supplements as well. They, all, they offer two formulas of their complete feed, and one of them is without oats, but that feed has rice bran oil and flax. So again, your rice bran oil would uh, cause some insulin spikes on your metabolic horses. This also is fairly low on some of the nutrient profiles, so just be aware that you will more than likely need to do a top dress supplement on this which is kind of the case on most of these complete feeds anyways. So, um, you know, I find that you're still probably going to need to add one or two things or possibly three with these types of complete feeds. So just be aware of that, um, you know, if you're going that route, because many of them are still pretty low on your limiting amino acids, which are essential for your horse's growth and you know, top lines and that sort of thing. So just be aware. And I hope that this gives you guys some great information. You know, m my goal is to really just help educate you guys and keep us as the consumers informed as to what is uh, great for our horses and what can actually hinder them in the long term and uh, really 
the the main point is to educate us as consumers so that hopefully the manufacturers will follow suit and really start bringing about better quality formulations for us so that it just makes our feeding easier. I hope that you guys are doing great. If you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. I'm on Facebook at Charity Swift or Charity Swift Performance Horses. You can also find me at www.charityswift.com or on email with charityswift at hotmail.com. And I will see you guys on the next ride up. Take care. Bye.